Hello, all you gore fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Happy Friday the 13th. <laughs> Holy shit, it's back. It's like my second favorite holiday. Man, we get two this year. Yeah, I'm so happy. And what else do we get this year, Greg? I, I don't know. What's the answer to this? Th- the Crystal Lake series. Oh, that's not out yet. No, but it's coming this year. Oh, okay. I was very confused. Like, wait, is there a line I'm supposed to say here? No, it's ca- the Crystal Lake series is coming this year. It's extremely exciting news. The f- actual Fry the 13th franchise is back. It's about time. Holy shit, 13 years. I cannot be more excited. And also, just super excited about doing Friday the 13th Part 2 today. So I, This is one of my favorite ones of the whole series. Not just Part 2 today. If you check your whatever you're listening to this on, we have Part 2 and Part 3 releasing today. Yes. Oh, okay, I was. Well, that's something I did want to ask you. Is Are they both on the same day? Awesome. Yeah, we'll put them both out today, like we did last cool. time. Awesome. Yeah, so, and then we get Part 3, which is like the funny, wacky one. So... We'll get there. I won't yeah. say anything on that yet. Part 2 is top tier Friday the 13th, though. Not the best, but it's in that upper. Like, if you're breaking it down, Part two's really high up there. Oh, it's top 3 for me. I'm not sure. One day I'm going to break mine down. I don't think it's top 3 for me, but it's up there. Oh, I definitely want to one day do our top, like, best to worst list of the Friday the 13th series. That'd be interesting. That'd be fun. Friday the 13th Part 2 came out one year in the, just one year after the first one. Oh, I think it was like 10 months. Yeah, so the tone yeah. is already set. They're just going to pump these things out every year for the foreseeable future. And I don't even think this is the quickest one to come out. I think Part 5 came out quicker. <laughs> yeah, they could have taken a while longer on that one. But uh, noticeable differences, obviously different killer. This is the first Jason being the killer. Um, Tom Savini didn't come back for this one because he thought the story's <laughs> done. He's like, what are they doing? Like, well, they're going to have her son be the killer. He's like, well, that's a dumb idea. It will never work. So he did not sign back on for this one. Yeah, it was that he wanted to, he was already in the middle of another movie. And then he also wanted to do the burning, which is basically like a Friday the 13th ripoff. Very much so. But, uh, yeah, 1981 directed by Steve Miner, rated R. Oh yeah, Steve uh, Steve Miner, who was a producer on the original, and he ended up bringing back a lot of the behind-the-scenes people from the original one. That's why it, I think it feels so close to the first one compared to all the others. Well, also, it's still just the first sequel. It has to line up, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, even like the feeling of it and whatnot, like this one, I know they had like a steady cam on that they didn't have on the first one, which added to a bunch of like awesome scenes. And this one definitely feels like the more polished version. It's almost like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 with Friday 1 and 2 of this one's almost like because they had a bigger budget, they can make everything look a lot better. Yeah, and like we said this when we did the original Friday the 13th, I am not of this mindset, but a lot of people when they're doing their marathons just start with part two. 
Yeah, I've never been that, because I adore part one, but I could see where you could just start at part two and go on, but I don't know why you would do that, because part one's so much fun. I think it comes down to the people who just see it as the Jason series, which it is for the most yeah. part, so I think that's why a lot of people do that. But we have always been champions of Pamela Voorhees deserves her day, too. Exactly. You want to get into this thing? Yes, let's record this fucker. Alright, so it starts out way different than any other Friday the 13th movie will start out. And that is Jason leaving Crystal Lake. You don't know it's Jason yeah. at first, either. That's kind of, like, revealed throughout the movie. It kind of has, like, a, like the first one, almost like a Jalo feel to it, where you're not exactly sure who's doing these murders. Yeah, I could definitely see where, what you mean by that. Also, right here is the first time and the only time Jason is played by a woman. Oh, really? The op Just this opening part, not the whole yeah. movie. The legs and the feet? Those are lady feet. Oh, who is it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's like uh, one of the behind-the-scenes people. Okay. But you see the footsteps walking through the rain down the, down the sidewalk, which is just ridiculous when you think about Jason. But I don't know why I always thought he was whistling. It's some other kid, like, whistling or something who gets yelled to come back inside. After, like... At like watching the series as many times as as I have, and seeing where it goes and what Jason becomes, it's so weird to think of like in the first movie, like he's actually in. It's just him walking down the street. He's like splashing in puddles. Yeah, it's very odd. Then we get to Alice having a nightmare, which is also just a flashback of pretty much the entire first movie. Yeah, which is interesting, because Adrian King, like, it was like, yes, I'll sign on to do another movie. And then she didn't know how small her part was and that she was going to be killed off until she got there. It was like, oh, okay. And supposedly, like, the um, everyone behind the scenes was, like, kind of hostile and whatnot to, like, everybody. It was, like, really weird, she said. I am still mad to this day that Alice was killed so unceremoniously in the opening scene of this movie. Well, that's why I enjoy the fan film Jason Rising, because they completely retcon all of this Alice getting killed thing, and she's still alive. I like that, but it's also such a clearly, yeah, she's dead, that it's hard yeah. to see past it. I just think it was a bad move, but whatever. Well, even later in the movie, if you pay attention to the bodies surrounding Mrs. Voorhees' head, Alice's body's laying there. Yeah, exactly. But she gets a phone call from her mom, she goes to take a, a shower, after that the phone rings again, no one answers, so Ghostface is playing games with her, and then we get the classic <laughs> cat jump scare. Well, yeah, we see that, like, well, the entire mom conversation was improved by Adrian King because he didn't write anything for her. She's they're like, just talk on the phone. So she does that. She has the shower scene, which is just nothing real quick. And then, yeah, there's the cat jump scare. We see that she's been drawing more. It looks like she's been listening to a lot of David Bowie. And then she picks up, like, the tea kettle, and I'm like, no, fucking Alice <laughs> should never have a tea kettle. That was a 20-minute scene in the first movie. It's like, almost, a, it seems like uh, the makers of it were already new, like, oh yeah, that scene was way too long. Because they, like, kill her right there, basically, like, we're going to it more. And Jason takes the kettle off the stove, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's about, we're not doing that again. Yeah. 
But she opens up the fridge and... <laughs> Why did Jason put Pamela's head in the fridge? Yeah, he carried his mom all the way to... I think uh, she's supposed to be in California. Really? I believe so. She's supposed to be, like, way far away. Like, okay, where, like, how did The more we go there? into it, the more I hate this opening. <laughs> I I really hate this because Jason doesn't know what a fucking phone book is, let no. alone like how to track her down. What did he do? Walk there? Yeah, I don't picture him getting on a plane. No, um, sir, can I? You need to take your bag off and get. Well, this was the eighties, so you could smoke on a plane still, still probably. But yeah, so she opens the fridge and Pamela Voorhees' shriveled up head is in there. She screams, like, jumps right back into Jason who grabs her and kills her with an ice pick to the head. Yes, and this is one of the scenes, because just a couple years ago when the um, uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory box set came out, and they're all excited, they were touting this, we found, like, all this deleted footage, never before seen from Friday the 13th Part 2. It's like extended kills and all this cool shit. And it's a cool story of, like, they found a VHS tape and they drove it across country because they didn't trust the mail and whatnot. And they had to, like, carefully take it apart because the film was super delicate and stuff. There's a whole YouTube thing on it if you're interested. This was one of the extended scenes, and every of the all the extended scenes, I am actually glad they cut down because it's just extra of the scene of like Alice turns to the camera and makes a goofy face and falls over. Yeah, it's not too much extra. I've seen it. No, it's interesting to see, especially if you're like a huge Friday the 13th fan, but you're like, okay, it's not like I'm wishing this was in the movie. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, she dies, and then we get our giant exploding title card, Friday the 13th Part 2, with that awesome score, it's on. <laughs> we have Jeff and Sandra were introduced to her, them. Sandra is an interesting character in this movie for behind-the-scenes stuff. Also, yeah, she's like, what, 17 in this movie? Yeah, which she lied about. Am I getting the correct story? And that's yeah. why there's a lot of cut scenes of her. Well, yeah, because she lied about it. Because they there was going to be a whole thing. Because like the Jeff Sandra like sex scene was actually going to be like, oh, Sandra's naked and everything. And then they found out what her age was. It's like, oh, we got to cut all this down. So did they did they actually film them or no? Uh, there's I've heard yes and I've heard no. So probably yes, and they're like, no, those those were never filmed. Exactly. Because even then, even though she's 17, there's like outfits and stuff in this movie. I'm like, what are you oh, guys yeah. doing? It's very see-through. Yes. But I do want to say about this couple, they are my favorite couple in the entire Friday the 13th franchise. Because it actually seems like they care about each other. So many of these couples in this series is they have sex and they immediately hate each other. These two actually pal around or hanging out. They have sex and he doesn't immediately like throw her off of him. Like the guy in Freddy versus Jason, the bed kill guy. I was like, oh, like being touched after babe. Like they're sitting there cuddling. He has a huge smile on his face. Like they actually yeah, they seem go to adventures like together. Other. Yeah. They go on hikes. They stop at a phone booth, I guess, to call for directions, and we get our Harbinger back. Crazy Ralph oh. is back in this movie. He warns them about what they're going in for. 
of so happy to see Walt Gorney back. Of, yeah, he shows up, he's like, oh yes, it's been five years, but I haven't been able to say Doom in a while. I've been practicing in the mirror. So, okay, this is also the first Friday the 13th sequel, and the first instance of this timeline is fucked. Okay. I know all, because... You know how obsessed I am with this franchise. I've way overthought yes. it for many years. I've loved this since elementary school. No matter what you're going to tell me, there's no saving it. And I love this franchise, too. The timeline's a mess. All right, so Friday the 13th Part 1 took five took place five years before this one. And everyone goes, oh, Jason's a kid in the first one. That's a dream. Oh, I know. I know that. I'm, f I'm fine with that. Yes, right there. That's he. That's a dream. Why is Jason in the wood, living in the woods, and why didn't he go back to Pamela and whatnot? Who knows? Yeah, that I'm okay with that. But I'm saying setting this five years after the first one, and yeah. then how many sequels we get, and then kids age like ten years and oh. come back, but still the eighties. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. This is just the first instance of it. I, someone did a breakdown on that online, and I like looked at it years ago, and I loved it. Because they, like, Friday the 13th Part 8, they said then supposedly takes place in, like, 2011 or something. <laughs> but Batman's just coming out! You see the sign! Oh, and everyone, like, no, fashion never changes in, like, 20, 30 years. Everyone still just dresses the same. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But anyway, that's all. I just wanted to point out, this is oh, our first part, time yes. jump in Friday the 13th that will just be a plague upon the franchise. From movie to movie, it's easy to explain. But when you go like, okay, from the first one to the eighth one, how much time has passed? You're like, uh, you don't think about it. <laughs> the, the fact that the little girl in the, part, in the beginning of part seven is like eight, and at the end, she's like 10 years older. There's a 10-year time jump, and even before that, there was a camp, the Camp Crystal Lake got torn down, and houses got built, enough where the houses are almost dilapidated. <laughs> I love this series so much. Oh, me too. But anyway, their truck starts getting towed when they're in the phone booth making a call. Sandra's like, Jeff, the truck! And they start running after Dude, this truck driver is cold as ice. I love him. They start running after him as he's towing the truck. They're like running next to him, banging on the window. He does it. He's unfazed, Brett. This man is eyes forward. They don't even exist. He's just going straight ahead. This Jeff is like, this is my truck! My truck, asshole! This is my truck! <laughs> He takes him around the corner and stops, and Ted, the oh. scrawny, like, Ichabod Crane redhead-looking character, welcome to God's country! Welcome to God's country! <laughs> I love Ted so much! The luckiest character in the entire Friday the 13th franchise, because there's no other character that's been more killable that did not get killed. Because the comic relief always gets killed. He's also a scrawny redhead, dork-looking guy, like you said. Of course he's gonna die. No, his alcoholism saves him. Yeah, he's he should be number one on the chopping block, and he survives somehow. It's just so great that he lives, and, like, the guy that plays him, like, loves to say that, because he was in, like, the behind-the-scenes thing that's on the Blu-ray, Blu and he's all excited about, like, oh, yes, I beat Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they're all driving to the camp, and there's a tree in the road, 
they're moving it off, but while they're doing that, Sandra finds the old Camp Crystal Lake sign. And uh, she has, like, a line, and it's like, there's so many lines that they're nothing lines, but how they're delivered is perfect. She's like, kind of spooky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not a camp they're going to. They're going to a counselor's training center, I guess, where they'll go off to different camps or a singular camp. I don't know. Which is an interesting way why there are no kids. Yeah, because we don't get kids until part six. Exactly. Which is weird for a summer camp movie. Yes. Now we're at the counselors meeting. They're all showing up there. Um, We're introduced to everybody. Paul is the leader. And we get a weird slingshot to a butt scene. (laughs) I don't know. It is so great. um, Let's see. Because it's Terry. And who's the douchebag guy? But he's not. It's Scott. Um, because she has, like, booty shorts on, and, like, the tiny little crop top. She's barely wearing clothes. And Scott pops out with a slingshot and shoots her in the butt, and she's like, ow! And turns around and looks at him, and Scott, like, comes out all coyly with the slingshot, like, yeah, it was me. And she gives a look of, like, oh, you! And, like, smiles and walks away. (laughs) The depth of these characters is so deep, Brett. There's so much we can go in. No, it's not. It's shallow as hell. Oh, I love it, though. I could go in for hours on each one of these movies. <laughs> but they're doing the meeting, and then a car shows up late, and it's Ginny. Oh. And Paul's, like, super pissed off at first when she shows up. <laughs> Interrupts the meeting to go into a cabin, like, but doesn't yell. He's just all huffy and puffy about it. And quickly, I'm sorry, Paul. And that's pretty much it, and the meeting continues. Yeah, it's so funny of how he, like, leads her into the cabin. He's doing the thing of, like, he's holding the door, and as soon as she gets there, he goes into the cabin and lets the door hit her. And she's like, I said I was sorry. He's like, did you? It's like, I'm sorry, Paul. It's like, oh, no, you're fine. That's right, I do want to try to have sex with you. No, it's okay, babe. Paul helps her start her car because she's having car trouble. That's why it's late. Gets a big blast right to the face. He, because her car isn't starting. Because he's like, park your car around back with everyone else's. This place is starting to look like a Burger King. Every single time they say that line, I'm like, "Mm, Burger King does sound really good right now. Um, But yeah, all he does, he like lifts up like the back flap hood. Because this is a VW bug and the motor's in the back. And he's like, okay, try it. He does nothing, and it just starts. And she's like, oh, there you go. That night, they're all sitting around the campfire, and it's our first instance oh. of the Jason story around the campfire. Oh, I love it so much. I love them, like, uh, some of you may have heard the legend about Jason. Like, this one does it a, as a really good one, and so does part seven. I'm gonna give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake. And then, you know, it goes on forever. And then eventually Ted pops up. (laughs) I don't know why he's dressed like, oh, because they're saying he's out there foraging, living off the land. Ted pops up with a spear and a bunch of like animal pelts and a scary mask hanging off of him. And he's screaming and waving the spear around. And then Paul's like, okay, okay, that's enough of that. Jason's dead. Pamela's dead. It's all a legend. And it's nighttime. All the counselors are hanging out in like the main cabin and Crazy Ralph being the creeper. Look, I love this guy, but really, they should have a restraining oh. order against him from any camps. Well, because earlier, when Jenny's driving to the camp, she passes Crazy Ralph on the road to Camp Crystal Lake. Like, around that area. It's on the same lake. 
I was just thinking, because in the original movie, they say it's like five or ten miles out there. So I'm just thinking he's riding his bike the entire time, just being like, doom, 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 doom. But he's watching all of them, like, party inside the house and everything by this tree. And oh, yeah. Well, because Jenny he, and Paul are, like, making out and whatnot, and he's being a creeper behind the tree, like you said. At this point, you don't know, like, who the killer is exactly, so it's like, for a half a second, they set up Crazy Ralph. Only for half a second, because right then, some hands with barbed wire pop around the tree, and yeah. our second gone-too-soon kill of the movie poor crazy ralph he could have been in all of these because the narrator at the very beginning of the part seven like there's a legend round here that's walt gorney yeah yeah but yeah so he's killed by barbed wire and then the next day the counselors are all running drills i have a question why are the counselors running drills like it's boot camp yeah, true. Like you would think, like they're all in pretty good shape. Of, but yeah, they're all like running through the forest while Paul sits there and yells at them uh, with Mark because Mark's the gentleman in the wheelchair. I love Mark, but it's like also like Mark doesn't have to work out with them because he works out all the time because that's how he moves. Yeah, and it's funny because he's yelling at them. Why are you moving faster when he's not going? <laughs> oh, it's great because then um. Fuck, who's it? I, I think it's Jeff turns around and flips him off. He's like, hey. Also, the little Terry's little dog, or the camp's little dog, Muffin, at this point, has gone on a trek through the woods and finds Jason, goes right up to his feet and looks up at him. Yes, and this is another point I want to make, because here in a little bit, they find uh, Muffin dead, or at least a dog that looks like Muffin. And that's why I want to bring up at the very end why I think that's a dream. Okay. But we'll get there. Alright, I'm interested in this take. But all the counselors are at the beach and hanging out swimming. Sandra and Jeff sneak off to go find Camp Blood. Oh yeah, because Sandra's like, hey, you want to go? And Jeff's like, where? It's like, to Camp Blood. And Jeff's like, oh, come on. Like, we don't want to do that. And Sandra, all she has to do is go like, oh, come on, please. And he's like, okay. They do. They're on their way there. They find the alleged dead muffin. Some kind of... Dog or raccoon or possum corpse all mangled. I paused it on this one and have the Blu-ray. It's a giant, beautiful screen of this dead dog laying there. And it's definitely a dog. Oh, okay. And so it looks exactly like Muffin. But they find that. But right then, as they find that, cops find them and take them to Paul. Oh, yeah. The um, uh, gray-haired, chubby sheriff. Like, who just, I guess, lurks around this abandoned camp waiting for people to go near it? Yeah, for five years, apparently? Yeah, because he's immediately right there. Because they, like, uh, Sandra and Jeff walk up on the, like, no trespassing sign. They make it, like, five feet past the no trespassing sign and get caught by the police. Well, to be fair, if you've only made it five feet past the no trespassing sign and already have found a dead dog, maybe the cop's doing a good thing. Yeah, maybe do the kind of never hike alone, never hike in the snow thing of, that's private property, never go on it. Exactly. But he's talking to Paul, and he's all mad, like, (laughs) it's too close, we shouldn't be doing this here, I like you, you're trying to do a good thing, and he's like, alright, Sandra, Jeff, you guys go, he's like, what, no punishment? He goes, Ginny... No seconds on dessert for Sandra and Jeff tonight. And oh, Jenny's like, kind of smart ass, okay? No seconds on dessert. The cop's all angry at him. 
it's so it's such a great fuck you to the cop of almost like what are you gonna do like sorry that our people trespassed on that land it's right there but they didn't murder anybody yeah he takes off he's leaving but as he's driving out he sees this figure run across the road in front of him going right back towards that camp again once again, like, I have so many top lists that I've made in my mind for this series. This is, like, a top five scene of just the cop driving down the road, and there's, like, this middle-of-nowhere dirt road, trees on both sides, and it's so freaky of just this figure that's like, has a hood over his head darts across the road. You'd think you would just wait for the cop to drive by and go behind yeah. him. But yes, it's kind of like the Sasquatch syndrome, like the way he's crossing in front of him. It looks a lot like that. And the cop immediately like stops and is like, hey, and just leaves his car, his car running, his car door open, and goes running off into the woods. Dude, this chase goes on forever, doesn't it? It goes on forever, but I also still kind of do enjoy it because it sets up a few things of like, well, number one, I love Jason. Of course, he knows these woods like the back of his hand. So he's weaving in and out of trees. At one point, the cop runs full steam into a tree. It's like, Oof! <laughs> and then it sets up the puddle with the rock in the middle of it where like, yes. when you get to that, you're almost to Jason's cabin. But he gets to the Jason shack, this house yeah. that's like constructed together with plywood, old doors, pallets, everything like that. You know, like siding, like just a makeshift little hut in the woods. I'm almost wondering if it there was like an, a really old cabin or maybe like a trailer out there that he's like kind of maybe fixed up a little bit with just scraps of wood that he's, he's found. Because there is a toilet with water in it. Yeah, like he built around a dilapidated something <laughs> like, else. Jason's just wandering through the woods and finds a toilet, and he's like, this is where I will live. <laughs> exactly. But the cop's in there exploring around. The place looks like it would fall apart if you blew on it hard enough. Oh, it really does, because it's like, there are um pallets, like, leaning up against it, keeping it up. Yeah. And look, it's in New Jersey. Jersey gets bad winners. Oh, yeah. they We're in PA, and we get bad winners. They're more north than we are. Yeah. Jason finds them, kills them with a claw hammer. Yeah, which is a pretty cool kill. This is another one that is uh, it, one of the extended scenes, and all it is is more of him screaming and, like, writhing around. <laughs> I knew they cut down some scenes. Was that an MPAA cut? Yes. Okay, because I saw that, like, they just... Some of it was just time, like, if you make it shorter, it's okay. I've also always been a fan of the claw, like, the claw side of the hammer kill. Like, I think of this one and then uh, Halloween 2, when the security guard's in the basement of the hospital and he gets the claw hammer kill. Something, because, like, my dad has, like, a million hammers around, because he's very handy. And I've always, like, picked him up, being like, oh, yeah, this is, like, the kill from Friday the 13th Part 2. Not learning the carpentry part, just thinking about horror movies I've seen. <laughs> but, back at the cabin, Paul says, alright, if anyone wants one last night on the town, to here's your chance. A lot of them go, some stay behind, and Terry goes for a walk, some others go inside, and as Terry goes for a walk, you see the Jason shadow against the cabin. Oh, well, it's great, because um, Jeff and Sandra are both like, we want to go! And Paul's like, hey, look, our wanderers are volunteering to stay behind! 
And um, Terry's like, I think I'm going to stay behind too to wait to see if Muffin comes around. And Scott, the guy who's like been hitting on her the whole time, like yawns. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to stick around too. Yeah, Mark stays behind and Vicky's into Mark. So Vicky also stays behind. Yes. He's... Oh, Vicky is more than into Mark. Vicky is dry humping Mark from the second she sees him. Yeah, dude, every scene you see of the group, except for the campfire scene, I'd paid attention this time. They are, she's on Mark the entire time. Oh, and the entire time, it's not even like she's, like, doing, like, little hints here and there. Because they start talking about, like, oh, you know, you want to, uh, because there are, uh, Jeff and, it was it Jeff and Mark are arm Mark. wrestling, and then uh, Vicky wants her turn, but they start playing the electric video game. They're like, okay, well, what's the winner get? It's like, position. <laughs> so, I think I told this story of the pod, but I went to a, a screening of Friday the 13th Part 2 in my hometown, and Laura Marie Taylor, who plays Vicky, was there. And, like, she kind of did a live commentary just during her parts and everything. And it was really funny, but, like, she had never played a video game before, because it's the 80s, a lot of people hadn't. And so, like, that's why she looks so awkward doing it. She'd never smoked a joint before, so she didn't know how to hold it. So there's just a lot of funny things with her scenes, like, when you know watching them. Well, it's also funny, because her character is like, you want a toke? Uh, no one's ever said, you want a toke in anything but a movie. I've never run into it, no. No. It's like how they, in the movies, they call it grass all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff and Sandra leave after arm wrestling, and then this is the whole video game thing. What do you want to play for position? Yeah, and she, like, leans back in her chair all coyly. And then at one point, too, she's asking him, like, because he keeps saying, like, oh, I can't smoke that joint. I'm in training. And she's like, training for what? It's like, well, I won't, don't want to be in this wheelchair forever. Uh, I was in a motorcycle accident and it paralyzed my legs. And she's like, your legs are the only thing that's paralyzed. <laughs> As she yeah, bats like her eyes over her shoulder. <laughs> also, at this point, Terry's skinny dipping. She Because yes. it's Friday the 13th. Of course. She finishes up and comes out. And of course, because it's Friday the 13th, Scott steals her clothes and goes running. And because this is the 80s, this is a funny joke. This isn't sexual harassment. Exactly. Oh, haha. Look at these sex criminals. Oh, look at you taking the lady's clothes so she has to run around topless in front of you. <laughs> but he steps in, like, a trap that lifts him up by his <laughs> leg into the air. And what is he blaming on Paul or one of the other counselors? Like, oh, and his stupid survival tricks. I don't think this is a counselor that just no. set this at a camp where children will be. No, I don't think this is a funny trick you're like, the head of all of you is has pulled. No, definitely not. It's funny how, um, oh fuck, who was it? Terry is like, because now Paul's like, please get, not Paul, um, Scott is like, please get me down. Terry's like, I should just let you hang here, you pervert. And he's like, please, like, I'm sorry. It's like, you promise you're going to cut the shit out if I let you down. Dude, I'm just trying to picture how annoying it is. You know if you're upside down, how quick blood starts rushing to your head? Oh, yeah. Because to bring a uh, terrifier, you know, the, the cut down the middle scene. Mm-hmm. So I know when they filmed that, they kept having to stop and bring, like, a table in and, like, so she could, like, kind of sit up and everything because you can't hang like that for a long time without some major issues happening. So I wonder how long they let this poor guy hang there filming this scene. 
He's hanging there. He's like, guys, my head is throbbing. Oh! Oh! (laughs) But Terry leaves for a knife, and as she's gone, Scott is machete throat slit. First machete kill from Jason. With the back of the machete. Yes. And then Terry comes back after that and finds dead Scott, and she screams and quick cut to a band playing at the bar right from her scream. I'm actually a very big fan of that scene cut. Oh, yeah, I love that transition. It's pretty awesome. And Ginny's at the bar. Everyone's drunk. Her, Paul, and Ted talking about, what if there is a Jason? Well, all we would know is his mother. He wouldn't know anything. All we would know is survival. Imagine seeing his mother's head being cut off like that. He was probably terrified going on and on about it. Yeah, and I love how she's like goes on and on and on about it. And Paul and Ted are just sitting there just staring at her. And she's like, finally, like, what do you guys think? It's like, I think you're drunk. Well, what's smart about this scene, though, is it lays down all the lore in one drunken, like, ramble. Oh, yeah, because I really enjoy Jenny. Like, she's probably my favorite final girl from the entire series. I, it also is interesting that she's a child psychologist, and that's how she kind of gets to play with Jason later. Yeah. Like, she can kind of get in the mindset of him and understand, like, okay, this is how I can fuck with him and stop him. Did you notice the sweet kiss pinball machine in the background? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, behind them there's, I just, because it's flashing kiss on the pinball machine. I just thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Back at the cabin, Jeff and Sandra are starting to get it on. And in another cabin, Vicky has left Mark for a minute, just give me a minute. And this is that scene. This is what I have dubbed the panties and perfume scene. Yeah, we're finally Mark gets the total hint that Vicky wants to have sex with him. And, like, they start to kiss. And Vicky's like, do you want to spend the night at my cabin? Mark's like, I was just about to ask you the same thing. It's like, okay, well, let me get a few things real quick. So her getting things ready real quick is taking off her underwear, which were fine, and putting on these horrible brown panties. And then spraying (laughs) perfume on her, like, wrists, and then on her, like, throat sure whatever and then she sprays it on her boobs it's like okay then she sprays it down the front of her underwear and then at that point it's like what the fuck (laughs) i love what she picks up the brown underwear like yeah these ones (laughs) yeah and number two if you're already gonna go down there and do that if you get a mouthful of like perfume you're gonna be way angrier than what you would usually get (laughs) like that's grating. She was yelling like when she was switching out for the brown. I was like, no! Put those back! Yeah! It's the worst panties ever! Uh, that You ever watch the Crystal Lake Memories, that giant fucking oh, documentary that goes into like, detail in all the movies? It's like six hours long. I've seen it a few times. I love like what they're talking about. Why that color? Like, no one has a good explanation for it. No, they're ugly as shit. <laughs> Those are like, I'm going to go have Taco Bell underwear of like, if there's a mark, you're not going to see it in the brown underwear. (laughs) (laughs) But she goes out to the car to get a brush from her car, which is an excuse to have an extended scene of her bending over at the car. And of course, the storm starts. Yeah, which actually there is a cool like real quick shot of like a leaf getting dripped on that's why like when you say this kind of reminds you of like an italian giallo kind of thing certain things like that do 
Oh, well, the early slashers were basically formed from that stuff. So the earlier yeah. ones definitely still have a lot of that influence in them. Which, I like the little, like, just stylized things randomly that it doesn't need to be in there, but why not? In the main cabin, Mark hears what he thinks is Vicky out on the deck. He's like, Vicky, oh. is that you? And he goes out onto the deck, <laughs> turns around, and gets the machete to the fucking face, and then rolls down the steps. This is probably my second favorite kill of the entire series. The first one being the cryogenic head smash from Jason X. But it's yes. just so great because he gets the machete in the face, he screams, he rolls backwards. For no reason at all, his wheelchair makes a turn down the stairs, and then he rolls down the stairs. This poor guy. Never falls He's about to get laid. Yeah, I know. That's a bummer. Dude, what a weird cut, too, from, like, as he's rolling down to the Jeff Sandra sex. It, like, yeah. freeze frames and almost, like, spins into them. It does that a couple times during this movie, of that exact same kind of cut thing. Of, like, music score, then the quick, like, whitewash of the screen, and then cut to something else. Because it cuts to Sandra, like, ah! Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that's what's going on, and you know, there's people fucking by Jason's lake, he's pissed. So he goes in and grabs the Ted Spear from the fire thing earlier. Like, Jason just got one of his best kills ever, and is immediately like, I smell sex. Yep, <laughs> grabs the spear, they're in each other, and he spears them together through the bed. This is where Jeff is like, I don't know if they're in middle of it right now or they're taking a break, but he just hugs her and smiles like he's having the greatest time. This is another reason why I love this couple. It's because it's not like, oh, get the fuck away from me. It's just like, that was nice. Now let's cuddle. But the, but he's on top of her. So Sandra sees Jason come in with the spear and she gets like gasps, but can't do anything. And they get stuck together. Which is an awesome kill. Well, this is one that got cut down. And you want to talk about the best cut of the movie that they did? Is the original scene is like the spear like touches uh, Jeff's back and then is pushed in. It's not like a giant like hurrah. It looks so dumb. He doesn't like heave it through him. It's like a push. no, no. He just like touches it and then pushes through. And it's like eh. Yeah, it probably worked better that they cut it then. It did. Paul and Jenny leave the bar. They tell Ted, okay, stay till last call, but get your own ride home. Don't drive the truck or something like that. Well, yeah, it's like, make sure so-and-so drives the truck and leave after this place closes down. And then he immediately asks, like, this old man, like, is there any after-hours places in this town? He's like, sure are. And then for some reason, ever since elementary school, this scene stuck out in my head. Because he turns around and mocks him. He's like, sure are. <laughs> <laughs> um, back at the cabin, Vicky goes to check on Sandra and Jeff. And... Jason's being a silly motherfucker right here, oh. playing tricks on people. Oh, he's like on Impractical Jokers right here. He's like, wait until Sal comes in the room, and I'm going to scare him. Because she walks in, and Jason's in the bed. And <laughs> it does a jump up. scare. Yeah, <laughs> slashes her leg, and then stabs her. Vicky's dead, too. Yes, which this is kind of a 
lameish kill because he she stabbed like under the the screen line and just slinks yeah. down. Even the extended scene is the exact same thing, just more of her like going, "Oh." Paul and Ginny return, and the place is obviously a mess. All the lights are on, but no one's to be found. Like, what the hell? They go upstairs. They find the bloody mattress, but the bodies are gone. And then they're downstairs. It's dark. And Ginny's like, Paul, someone's in here. I can tell someone's in here. And then Jason jumps out. Him and Paul fight. In the dark, they're just kind of wrestling around, but Jason wins. Yeah, this is definitely still human Jason, because here, like, he, him and Paul are actually, like, pretty evenly matched, of, like, they're wrestling back and forth, and it's not like Jason immediately just snaps his head off. No, it's just a dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even, like, later, like, he gets kicked in the balls, and it's like, and, like, falls over. Jenny takes off running. She starts finding bodies. She runs again. The car won't start, which I don't mind because it was established earlier that her car is a piece of shit. Yes. Um, which this is, uh, if you're a fan of the Friday the 13th video game, uh, she gets out of her Volkswagen Beetle and runs to the yellow car, which is the two-seater in the video game. This is also the Pakanak map, which is extremely hard to play on. <laughs> yep. And then she's in the car, Pitchfork comes through the car, she obviously takes off running again. Well, it's great, because she's, like, trying to start the car, and of course now it won't start. And Jason pops up, like, right beside her, like, and tries to handle. And she's like, ah! Ah! And then she he, like, disappears, and she stops screaming, like, thank god he's gone! The screaming <laughs> worked. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> But Jason's chasing her through the woods in a rare twist on the being chased. Jason's the one who trips here. Yeah, and I enjoy this chase scene because it seems like it goes on, like, almost all night long. Yeah, it goes on for a good while. She'll be running, and then it cuts to the moon, and then Jason's running, and it cuts back to the moon. And it does it does a good job of, like, making it feel like it's stretched out. Yeah. She gets to a cabin, she hides under the bed, Jason comes in and gives up, She he's about to leave, on to the next one, but then, look, she's fine with this madman in a sack mask with an eye cut out who's killed a bunch of people chasing her. She can handle this. A rat under the bed frightens her so much that she pisses herself. Does she pee herself, or does the rat pee? Look, I've had pet rats before. There's no way in hell that's the rat's piss. No way in hell. She, like, immediately, like, it's like if you've drank, like, eight beers in a row and haven't pissed and you're sitting at the bar and you finally go to the bar bathroom and piss. And it's like that, like, jet stream of, like, it's like she does that because immediately it's leaking out of her pants. It's not like she's wearing shorts. She's wearing jeans. She did just get back from the bar. It's not like, you know, on the ride back, like, oh, fuck, I had to piss so bad right when oh. I get home. But she didn't get to because she got home and all this shit started. So honestly, that checks out. That is actually very true because she probably does have to take a beer piss. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm back to saying that she pissed herself. Jason <laughs> sees the piss. And he's like, aha, no <laughs> rat would pee that much, Brett. He's like, yes. You just had, uh, fuck, what's that vegetable that, um, makes your piss? Asparagus. You just had asparagus! 
<laughs> Jason hides on the chair. So she starts crawling out. He's about to stab her with the pitchfork, but luckily <laughs> this chair breaks right at that moment and he collapses and Ginny gets him with the chainsaw, only extremely lightly taps him in the arm with it though. Which in the entire series, Jason never killed anyone with a chainsaw. You're going exactly where I was about to go. People love any, like, not Friday the 13th, but, like, other media, like, doing spoofs on Friday the 13th, love giving the guy in hockey mask a chainsaw. Never happened. This is the closest we ever got, but it was him getting hit with a chainsaw. To the point of, I've seen licensed merch of Jason with a chainsaw and been like, bullshit. (laughs) But this is definitely also amateur Jason on his very first, like, trip out like i'm gonna become a killer just like mom was because he like you said like he falls off the chair he's like this is taking him way longer than it usually does like in later movies this is him is like putting his toe into i want to be a deranged serial killer exactly but she runs again and she makes it to the jason house and i'm hesitant to say but she locks him out Dude, push any piece of the wall you're getting in, dude. Yeah, well, they even do that in Jason Rising, I think, where the one character hides under all of this part because she just breaks through the wall. (laughs) Exactly. But there is a really cool scene here where Jenny goes into Jason's shack and she's like, stands there for a second and you see Jason through the window running at her and she screams. I love that scene. It's very ominous. Like, it gets your heart pumping. Yeah, this is this movie's really good at that. But he's going to get through that door. But she looks and sees the Pamela head with the sweater. She puts on the sweater real quick right <laughs> as he breaks through. He has a pickaxe. She's about to k- kill him. But she's like, Jason! She's wearing the Pamela sweater. And Jason stops. Like, Mommy's very proud of you. You've done good. And he stops. He's doing, like, the dog head tilt that he does and everything. Oh. Like when you make a strange noise and your dog reacts to it weird. <laughs> Anytime, like, and they got Betsy Palmer back for this too to do this, yeah. these lines, which is so cool because they asked her if she would do it, and she's like, "Sure." The last movie bought me a car. <laughs> yeah, and so like it's this weird wavy like thing of her face over Jenny's, and you can tell Jason's like cutting in and out. Is that my mom? No, that's the victim, and it works out pretty well. And finally, like, anytime he's about to like be mean again, like. Jason, mother is talking to you, and is, like, cut with both their voices and everything. Like, Jenny just looked out about something that uh, Jason's mom would tell him, like, all the time, of, like, Jason, mother is talking to you. He's like, oh, okay. Like, it rings a bell. She's about to behead him. She's like, I have a reward for you. That's my good boy. But right when she goes to do that, he sees the head, and he blocks her attack with the pickaxe. This is where Jenny's like, well, Jenny as Pamela is like, okay, yes, very good boy, kneel down. And she starts raising the machete and Jason's just looking at her. Does he think he's getting knighted? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, okay, mommy, if I've been a good knight killer? I guess so. <laughs> but he blocks with a pickaxe. He's about to kill her, but Paul, to the rescue, shows up and saves her, and then Jenny does machete Jason, like, right in the side of the neck-slash-shoulder area. It's great, because Paul busts into the room out of nowhere, and I love his line delivery, because he's like, Jenny! 
<laughs> but yeah, she gets Jason, he goes down, they go back to the cabin. Yeah, we. it's the great slow-mo, it's almost like the first movie of when Mrs. Voorhees gets decapitated, the slow-mo, like, swing, but this time it just gets sunk deep into his shoulder, like, going into his chest. Exactly. And Jenny's on the bed, obviously very shook up. Paul hears a noise at the door. He has, like, the handle of a shovel, but without the metal end is going to be his weapon of choice against this mad killer man. But he opens the door, and it's Muffin. They're all very excited. Yes, exactly. Where they're all like, oh my god, and Jenny stands up. It's like, Muffin, come here! And it's like, one of, like Muffin is like the cousin of one of those white, crusty dogs your grandmother has. <laughs> But as soon as Jenny stands up and is like, come here, puppy, Jason jumps through the window as, like, the Friday the 13th series loves the final, like, jump scare attack. And this is one where it's series where I'm like, do the jump scare. I love it. And uh, Jason grabs Jenny and is pulling her out of the window. And then it does one of those, like, cut to white, cut to next scene Jenny's being loaded into the ambulance, being like, where's Paul? And then that's it. And then you get a shot of the Pamela head and then credits. The Pamela head. As Ever since I saw this movie, like I said so many times in elementary school, and it does the zoom in, I've always been like, it looks like her eyes are supposed to open. The, they originally were supposed to. The animatronic head was going to... Uh, have eyes that open. That's why the eyes look all sunken in like that. They also um, cast a lady to play the Pamela head, where like they did her in all kinds of makeup, and there's behind-the-scenes footage of like she was gonna laugh. I think it worked better with it just being the head. I'm so glad they didn't do the, the eyes open, like <laughs> that would have been too far. Yeah. Um, okay, so real quick on the Paul thing. Yes. This has been one of the most debated topics in the oh. Friday the 13th fandom. Where's Paul? Is he alive? And it got even worse when the DVD came out of Friday the 13th Part 2. Because on the back, there is a picture of Paul with like an axe in his head that is oh. not anywhere in the movie. <laughs> wow, I've not seen that. Well, and then it turned out, like, because then this added more fuel to the fire that Paul's dead, and it turned out that was just a behind-the-scenes image that they were taking. He was playing around with one of the prosthetics and everything and put it on his head. Oh, wow. where it came from. And so, I can't, in good faith, when we do Count of the Dead, Brett, count Paul as dead, just going by our rules. I'm just putting him as a giant mystery. I was gonna. That's one thing I was going to bring up to you. Do you think Paul is dead? I would say no because we never see him get killed. As far as we know, Jenny just woke up and he's already gone in a different ambulance. Now, what do I think really happened? Like, not count of the dead mode here. Like, not with what I can count, but what right. I actually think. I think Paul's dead. I think okay. Jason got him. I don't. I can't confirm it. That's just my gut instinct. I mean. This entire last scene, because I mentioned it earlier in the episode, I think that the fact that Muffin shows up and she's like, oh, come here, Muffin, and then Jason jumps through the window and then it cuts to and grabs her. Then it cuts to she's being loaded up. I think all that part was a dream because another thing to back up my argument is part three is exactly one day later and Jason looks completely different. 
So I don't think we actually see Jason's real face until part three. I always just took that as bad editing, but I can take it. Because even there's an ex, and I will get into it on our part three episode. I have another explanation why he looks different between part three and part four, which is just another day difference. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this whole last scene, I think, is a dream. Her waking up on the gurney being loaded into the ambulance is real. And I would almost take it as Paul is been taken away by a different ambulance. That would make sense, too. All right, we already hinted at it, so let's get into Count of the Dead. Yeah, so get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, it's Robin with Horror Count of the Dead, so we're tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Friday the 13th, Part 2? With Paul, with us saying Paul is alive because we did not see him get killed. Also, Jason is definitely not killed yet because he's back in so many movies. Oh, we literally call it the Jason rule when we're talking about slashers and stuff yes. where we can't count them as dead. I'm going to say nine. I'm going to say you got it. Nice. <laughs> well, it's great. Count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. I would punch myself in the face if I did not get the kill count right on a Friday the 13th movie. Oh, believe me. I was making sure I got that exactly right. I'm like, if yes. I miss one and Brett starts yelling at me and then we have to do a whole research it in the middle of the episode thing... Because I would yell. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now we're we'll getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> Ginny! <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I'll come up with that thing right now. Because a uh, part like, there's a weird middle part of the movie where they're obsessed with handheld gaming. I'm going to do handheld gaming systems. Okay. So a number one version of a handheld gaming system, the worst version, it's like, what were those, like, Tyco whatever handheld ones you would get in, like, the 90s that were, like, $10? And it would be, like, Back to the Future! But it was the shittiest graphics, the game, the car, like, the gaming system was only one game. Oh, like, you'd get them at, like, fast food restaurants, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. That, gas stations. Yeah, and there was, like, two buttons, and, like, it was basically, yeah. like, it just sketch graphics? Yeah. Terrible. I'm gonna say the best handheld gaming system, in my opinion, is the PSP. Oh, fuck you, dude. Switch puts PSP to shame. I've never really play, played the Switch a whole lot. I just remember being in high school playing Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories with all of our PSPs connected in high school, and we're playing, like, online, like the early version of GTA Online. Well, the guy who plays video games here is disappointed, but I'll let it go. I only like Grand Theft Auto, basically, so that's my only pool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm giving this movie a 10. I completely adore Part 2. It's so much fun. This is one I revisit. Like, this is probably a top five most revisited out of the whole series for me. If I'll be like, which one do I want to watch? Well, I just watched Part 1, so I shouldn't watch that one again. I'll put Part 2 on. Because Part 2 is almost that rare instance where it's better than the first one. I agree with that. I don't agree with the 10, just slightly. There's a couple things. I gave it a 9 handheld video games out of 10. Okay. It's still, it's like I said, it's upper tier Friday the 13th. Top of my head, I know one Friday the 13th movie that gets a perfect 10. 
I'll put it, I'll put it this way, without watching them, probably two or three. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's not part two, but man, part two's so good. I love this movie. I love part two so much. It's so much fun to revisit. And it's one that when I've, I've spent my allowance in elementary school on the VHS tape that I still have on my shelf. Because I was like, I want to own this one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you earlier were pulling some stupid prank on me. <laughs> uh, yes. You texted me and go, Greg, it's not streaming on anything. I can't watch it. What should I do? I'm like, watch on one of the ten formats you have it on. <laughs> And then I sent you a picture of it on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. It's like, oh yeah, thank you. I just, now I'm like trying to get the entire series on like every format is my new thing. I want them all on Laserdisc. I want Betamax. <laughs> but I could go on for hours about this movie, but do you have anything else? No, I mean, we literally have another one coming up five minutes after this episode, so... Yeah, part three is up the same day. So Yes, so we you get even more Friday the 13th talk. Like, holy shit, we did a, the same amount of like celebration for uh, just a random Friday the 13th that we did for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you're welcome. I love this day. I cannot wait to talk about Friday the 13th part three. That'll, you better listen to right after this. But we hope that Friday the 13th Part 2 has left your brain throbbing with horror. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. Well, that was a fun episode, wasn't it? Be sure you tune in next week for another fun episode. And be sure to check out all our social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. I hear the guy that runs them is really great. <laughs>